fans and Scrapper fans, and welcome to a brand new series. Yep, we've got another one. <laughs> Within the Let Me Tell You Something podcasting empire, which we have dubbed Rerun the Rivalry, in which myself, you Let Me Tell You Something co-host Lorcan Mullen, and your other Let Me Tell You Something co-host... Simon Cross... Go back and watch every singles, not every single, but every singles match. Or, I guess if we do do a legendary tag team, we might watch uh, some every tag team match in the future. That is a famous epic rivalry that might have spanned different promotions and different decades. And we'll talk about them and how both of these men progress as individuals, or all women. How both of these wrestlers progress as individuals. And the matches evolve or don't evolve and reflect the time and place that they are on the card. And we've gone for probably the most obvious one to look at because I think this series of matches is a great contributor to the online discussion of wrestling and the love of a particular kind of wrestling. The epic main event. And we see increasing epicness as this series goes on, actually. And also, I think what works so well for it is that it's a rivalry defined by shifting dynamics. And Simon, do you want to just let people know, if they haven't bothered to read the title or listen to us discuss it in the previous episode, what series of matches we're going to talk about and what the first match that these two had is? So the series is between Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi. And our first match takes place all the way back in January 31st, 2010, where we watch a young lion, Kazuchika Okada, take on the current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Hiroshi Tanahashi. So this is taking place during the New Japan Circuit 2010 New Japanism Tour, Day 4. It's in the Differ Ariaki in Tokyo, Japan, in front of approximately 1,800 fans. And it's not even the main event. The main event of that show followed up on this, which was Masato Tanaka and Shinsuke Nakamura teaming up against Hiroki Goto and Manabu Nakanishi. But what it was also was the farewell match, the final match that Kazuchika Okada took part in as a young lion, as he was about to go on his learning excursion. And it's funny, actually, because so much of what Okada and Tanahashi, the storyline is, is obviously where they differ and where they're the same. And even the way that they developed into the positions that they're in right now are, are very different. Okada didn't go down the traditional New Japan Dojo circuit to begin with. He didn't want to wait that long. He didn't want to have to have the college sporting background in order to qualify for the Young Lions tryouts at that time. He just wanted to wrestle. And so at 16 years old, he goes and trains under Ultimo Dragon. And then as a 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old, he's wrestling in Mexico for Toriumon and other Mexican promotions. Even popping up in places like Chikara. <laughs> and I was looking it up. He wrestled like an 18-year-old Kazuchika Okada, wrestled for the UWA Grand Prix Championship in Canada against Sanjay Dutts. Ah. So he did all the, got his wrestling experience before then impressing the New Japan offices in some tag team matches and then inviting him to join the Young Lions. And it's, it was interesting looking at it. At first I thought he had a relatively short period of, of Young Liondom as far as it goes, but it's not really. It's still like two and a bit years that he has to have the black trunks. But what's interesting about that is that he has his first match as a young lion in the black trunks and everything in 
September 2007 against Tetsuya Naito, who was coming towards the end of his Young Lions stints and very much dominated Okada in that exchange, winning with the classic, I believe the classic Boston Crab, as was the way that Young Lions matches were almost always finished in in, in the 50-year history of Young Lions matches. And by the time Okada then goes into the training camps and comes back to actually wrestle again, it's April 2008 and Naito's gone off on his learning excursion. So it's like the one brief interaction they have as fellow Young Lions, probably another sign of like the generational changes that we're seeing. And then Okada, this is his, as his tradition, they have a, a big blow-off final match very often. Sometimes it'll be that they lose a tournament or, or whatever, like a Young Lions tournament, or they get put into the best of the Super Juniors and come out of it with a 0-9 and nine record or whatever. Yeah. And they say, I need to go, I need to learn, I need to become stronger. Or, I mean, one of the more recent returnees, Ren Narita, after the Young Lions Cup, goes to Katsuyori Shibata and asks to join him at the LA Dojo, where he then also does work as part of New Japan US. And now he's back fully formed as essentially a Shibata, I won't say knockoff, but I'll say a, 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 a respawning. A reimagining. Yes. What are they called in, in the FIFA games where suddenly it's all... Regen. When you play regen, yeah, I suppose. And Okada, after this, going to go off to the US and have to dress up like a character from a 1960s comic book and TV serial because that's all that Vince Russo thinks Japanese wrestlers are good for. And in the process so in a biblical amount of distrust that for New, New Japan holds for any major American company for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. Well we'll talk more about it but not everyone on their final match as a young lion gets to face off against the man who is essentially, although at the time he's not the IWGB heavyweight champion, he is seen as the standard bearer for New Japan. He is the ace at this point, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I thought he did have the belt in this match. No, 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 he's not the IWGP heavyweight champion at this stage. I think it's Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay. Who will have... I think he defended the IWGP title at the Wrestle Kingdom event against Yoshihiro Takayama. A return of one of their more famous matches a few years before then. And Tanahashi had obviously always had that key rivalry with Nakamura. And the funny thing with both Nakamura and Tanahashi is they didn't entirely have... 100% 100% the traditional build-up as a star, in that Nakamura didn't really have a Young Lions period. He came in straight away as Supernova, because he was also doing the MMA stuff, and he was basically one of the only guys in New Japan that was having some success in MMA. Limited success, but limited was better than pretty much everyone else was doing at that point. <laughs> and he won the IWGP title within his first year. And Tanahashi had gone up the traditional way. He'd done the Young Lions thing, but he'd gone at a pretty good pace. And the interesting thing with Tanahashi is he never did his learning excursion. Oh, okay. He just gradually developed. I think one of the reasons for that probably being is that during either his Young Lions or right into his just flourishing outside of the Young Lions, being able to dress up as he wants to dress up, you know, with his more outrageous hair and tights and everything. Yeah. He was stabbed by his partner who was a reporter for TV Ashai. I think that's how you pronounce it. Right. She was genuinely like a news correspondent. And Tanashi said he wanted to break up and he was going to see someone else and she decided she was going to kill him. Oh. And then commit suicide. So that got him in the news. I think he had to drive himself to the hospital with a stab wound. Like, maybe with genuinely with a knife in him. I'm not sure. I might be mixing that up with stories. But, you know... I mean, if anyone could... 
if anyone could do that to a human, another human being, draw draw them to psychosis and murderous rage, it would be someone as beautiful as Hiroshi Danahashi. I mean, I don't want to put uh, people in like order, but. I, I, I'm almost certain that was like the apex of her dating career. Just, just look at him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, women, women that go to prison don't probably don't have as many male admirers as some male prisoners seem to get from, uh, yeah, from the comfort of their cells. If we want to play into another cliche, so Tanahashi is still in his pomp. And what's so funny with the young lions is how little personality they're really allowed to show. Mm. You know, straight away, that you know, it's like full metal jacket. They strip you of all your personality. You got your hair shaved, usually, and then gradually over time, as you get more seniority, you're allowed to grow it out a bit more. But you're still wrestling in black trunks. You still can't do anything that elaborate, and you're still winning and losing matches to Boston Crabs, and you are just essentially the whipping boy of everyone else in the promotion. Like they can. Anyone, basically, who graduates from a young lion can pretty much beat the shit out of every young lion put together, as we found out in the post-match angle. (laughs) And that's funny as well, seeing who are ringside egging Okada on, his fellow, I suppose, young lions. You can see Yoshihashi there, gormless as always. (laughs) And what's funny is there's also Taichi. Although Taichi, like Okada, did not come in initially through the new japan dojo system he did he was uh i think he was in all japan okay. he was trained under kawada i believe but then transferred over to new japan and was still kind of an underling it's kind of similar to how juice robinson was treated where he was a young lion but he didn't have to dress like a young lion right. you know and all that sort of thing and it is funny as well how young lions are like who they're cheering on if they are when they're studying these matches i always say that the funny thing was you saw that jay white was kind of always rooting on for Tanahashi, but then when he comes back, he's hates him, <laughs> hates him with all his being. Names moves after what when he did them to Tanahashi. <laughs> you know? Even though that is the case, we do get a sense of Kazuchika Okada's personality from the start because when Tanahashi makes his entrance, he's not the bowing reverence. I'm honored just to be in the ring with you. Yeah, he makes a statement. He turns his back on him. He just sits on the um, on the ropes and just like, yeah, whatever. Doesn't wait in his corner like he literally is impeding. You know, this is the guy who should be holding the ropes open for this guy. He should be guiding him. You know, that thing where they do, where they're like air stewards on the outside of the ring, just gesturing to where they're supposed to go. It's like, I know where I'm supposed to go. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's figured that out by now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't do that, Suzuki. You know what he's going to do to you. <laughs> he's not going to thank you. <laughs> to break your arm. But what's interesting about this is that, because obviously a lot of the time that's what happened with young wrestlers. They'll go through like test series where they'll be put into singles matches against the big single stars and come out. The, the intention is for them to basically lose every match. But then it's like, what have you learned along the way? And what Okada's learning in this match is essentially that he has the physical tools, I suppose, but he needs to get stronger. And that throughout it all, basically from start to finish of this 13-minute match, it's like Tanahashi's allowing every extra minute to go on. He is taking role as like a harsh tutor in many ways to Okada. Yeah. Even when Okada has flourishes towards the end, I think it's more like Tanahashi's putting his defences down to get a measure of what he's got. And then to almost practice his own... <laughs> 
<laughs> he was like, how high can I get a guy in a Texas clothing? <laughs> Let's use this lanky bastard to find out. He does seem to always be in control. And whenever Okada like hits a series of strikes against him, he just like manages to swap them off. No problem at all. There's some weird moves from Okada that he seems to have dropped along the way. Some of them will be ones that it's just it's the young lion thing. Those are the moves that you have to do. Ah, right. It's funny because he even does the drop kick, but it's not the Okada drop kick that we know. Yeah. You know, no spoilers, but I've seen it in the next match, and he seems to have gained an extra two or three feet on his leap. Yeah. <laughs> when he does it, in the that must have one. really bothered him. Like, I, I can do it a lot better. Well, that was the whole thing about Okada. No one realized what they had on their hands, except those who must have seen him outside of. Mm-hmm. the the shows that had seen what he could do in the in the gym or in the training sessions you know and they were just holding off until the right moment to reveal it all to us yeah but yeah so you get in the sense of okada is defined but what you also get is that he's as are so many of these young lions he's not calm he's not level-headed when the bell rings he like gives a big loud scream yeah <laughs> like firing himself up because that's what the young lions are supposed to be all fired up but nowhere to direct their energy and it's so funny right from the start. What's the one thing that Okada does? He, he In the block-up, he gets Tanahashi into the ropes. And that's basically how every Okada match has started ever since then. Yeah. And what he does when they're in the ropes and the referee breaks it up, like nine times out of ten, he slaps them on the chest and then backs away with his arms up. But then one time out of ten, he just forearms them in the face. <laughs> That's usually if he really doesn't like the guy. Like the Will Ospreay matches. But you see the starting seeds of that, I suppose, right in this moment. Because he gets Okada into the ropes. Then they're being gradually slowly broken up. And it's Tanahashi that double slaps him on the chest. Yeah. And then Okada, in his anger, I suppose, or his rashness, goes for a forearm. But Tanahashi's able to reverse it into the ropes and take control. And then, as I was saying, so reminiscent of the Bockwinkel-Hennig match we've just done, the next few minutes are just Tanahashi controlling Okada on the mat with a headlock, holding onto it. Every time Okada tries to whip out of it, he just grinds him down back to the mats. I guess that's just a great way of showing the fundamental of someone who knows their stuff better than the other one because he knows how to work the headlock, the most basic of things, to the point that it drives his lesser skilled opponent crazy. Yeah, and wears him down. Yeah, he just drags him down. He just controls him through the most simple of wrestling holds, a headlock. Like, it almost feels like if Tanahashi wanted to, he'd find a way to win it with that headlock over time. (laughs) And it's funny, like, how Okada tries to whip him into the ropes two times, and both times uh, Tanahashi drags him back down to the mat. And then the third time, Okada actually elbows him a couple of times in the ribs. Mm. So the idea is that that loosens the grip of the headlock. But then when he whips him into the ropes... Uh, he goes for a drop down, like the most fundamental of wrestling moves, and Tanahashi's just able to put the brakes on and go back down and put him in a headlock again. <laughs> and there's one bit as well where he, he, he tries to do it, and I, I swear Tanahashi just locks in like a, a heel trip. And then it's like, right, cool. Right, you've not learnt your lesson. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stretch your legs, break your ACL. He frustrates Okada so much that when Okada's finally able to escape the headlock, he's like, no more headlocks. I'm just going to elbow you in the face, and then Tanahashi just elbows him back once, and it drops him to his knees. So it's like, everything you're trying to do, why don't you understand this? I just, I'm stronger than you, I know more than you, I have the better technique. I'm sexier than you. But what is funny as well is that Tanahashi is playing up to it, and 
Like, the crowd is quiet, but there are some sparse shouts, and it's almost like... And it's funny, actually, right at the start, some people are chanting for Okada because it's the underdog, and Tanashi does have a little quick... Oh, really? You're going to cheer this guy on, are you? Like this bomb. <laughs> but then he, like, starts yelling into the crowd and just posing with great regularity uh, because he just has full control, and that is something that we'll see in the next uh, match as well, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, he's even interacting with the fans, which is something Tanahashi will so rare. At least, like, individual fans. Like, he'll do the the guitar thing, but, like, literally, like, say, hey, Malcolm, how's things going? Which seems to be what he's doing at one point. Like Dredrick Tatum against Homer. Uh, he's now taking time out of the match to talk with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> you know, they do a uh, they do a great sea bass there. It's blackened, it's with sautéed, it's stupendous. All right, you two, break it up. <laughs> <laughs> Even when Okada does get a brief moment of control, uh, he does he doesn't quite know what to do with it. He like very slowly gets to the second rope and goes for a somersault sent on, and it's like you you should have known better than that. But what's funny is that Tanahashi then goes up, but he poses for too long and is having too much fun that Okada's able to escape from that. So there is still that sense of well, you can't discount this lad too much. Yes, he's inexperienced, but he does have the physical tools. And he does have the fundamentals. And he does, like, start going for some big moves. He hits him with, like, a German suplex and and so on. But then Tanahashi instead just hits him with a drop kick to the knee. So it's like, okay, I've done the headlocks. I've overpowered you. Now I'm going to show you the strategy of just isolating a part of the body and then you can't do anything. Yeah, um, he has, like, that flurry, like you say. And it ends up with, like, him going for the big boot. And Tanahashi just catches the the foot. And then it's Dragon Screw City, bitch. Mm. <laughs> And what's so interesting as well is that when, when he's like, okay, now I'm going to finish him off, and he's going to finish him off with the Young Lion finisher, you know, to to go for the Boston Crab. But again, as a symbol of Okada is now pushing past that Young Lion's period, is that he and that he's still got something that Tanahashi is surprised by, and he does sell surprise. He powers out of the Boston Crab, and, and Tanahashi loses grip, and he's like, okay, so the Boston Crab isn't enough for this one now. And then he goes for the Texas Cloverleaf. So it's that sense of, again, it's like, okay, he's made this step up. That's why this is his last Young Lions match. No, I'm going to have to use me proper moves now. Mm, mm. And Okada just fight, fight and try reaches the ropes with Tai Chi encouraging him. Tai Chi encouraging Okada. What world are we in? <laughs> <laughs> and then Okada, then it's like fighting back. And again, it's like that sense of whilst it is a back and forth, and that is something that does bother me sometimes, that these matches can just follow. It's like, because it's a match, we've got to have a back and forth. And I kind of wish it was rather just Tanahashi just finishing him off, really, because that's yeah. the logical thing. But it is meant to be a showcase for Okada. And as I said, so I feel like it is kind of Tanahashi's letting him have this flurry mm. in a weird way. If there was ever any point that he was in trouble, he would go for him. But He's toying with his food a little bit. Yeah, essentially. But does let him in and... So Okada gets some German suplex, but then when we go to a forearm exchange, again, like I was saying, I don't mind these things when it's telling a story like it did in the Osprey-Naito match. And the story here is just that Okada can't go toe-to-toe to Tanahashi with forearms. He hits him with a number, and Tanahashi just knocks him down with one. And then he goes for slaps, and he's slapping away furiously at Tanahashi, and it's like Tanahashi can weather that storm and just clatters him clatters him with a sling blade and then it's just okay well let's see what finishes you off now so he hits his move that i don't really see him do much of now it's almost like a fisherman's michinoku driver yeah and that doesn't get it 
And so then he goes up and hits the high-five flow, and there's no tension in it. There's no Okada trying to fight back and then going on the top rope or anything. It's just he's still out on the mat, and Tanahashi's able to get the three count at 13 minutes. 26 seconds. Nice and simple. But yeah, it's a match that's just telling the story that it is, setting us up, and then we know that the next time Okada comes back, it might be something serious, because, you know, if they're putting him up against Tanahashi for his final opponent, that's a sign. And Tanahashi, as is the tradition of the babyface, I was trying to remember if Okada just kind of was like, because sometimes I'll have it that the young lion feels disrespected and talked down to. You don't really get a sense one way or the other, because, to your surprise, because you literally didn't realise it was him, Toriano comes in and starts battering everyone with chairs and scissors. Yeah. Because at the time, he'd taken, he'd recently taken a chunk of Tanahashi's hair. Ah. And was trying to do that again. And the other young lions come in and, and stop him. So the young lions are good for something, at least. <laughs> and then Okada gets his farewell and heads off to come back as, woo, a very different prospect. But we see echoes of this match in the next match, which we will talk about. I mean, again, this match is not, it wasn't trying to burn down the house or anything. It wasn't giving Okada. Okada could have probably got a better match if they'd have let him fully take off the brakes and, and do everything that he could. But it's not the time yet. That wasn't the point of this match. This match was meant to be like a quirk of history that you can go back to with new context when they do face off against each other. Whether this was what... You never know with Gator. Maybe that was what he had planned for, you know, <laughs> two years and four weeks' time. I mean, we're about to hit Gado's apex, really, aren't we? <laughs> but we'll have to find out. But yeah, I mean, this match I would just go like three, three and a quarter, no more than that, and that's been... Yeah, it was just there, just did a job. But it was kind of meant to be there, but to have resonance in the future. Uh, but how did you feel, especially because we have watched these Tanahashi Okada matches, to see it so clearly defined by such a wide gap, like there'll never be this wider gap between them even if Tanahashi's in his 60s and still wrestling. Because, you know, Tanahashi's about to wrestle Tatsumi Fujinami. I saw this when I logged into New Japan World. <laughs> yeah. I-, I wager that'll end up at some point in one of our other series, in some way, by hook or by crook. So, yeah, I'm just trying to do the maths, actually, because uh, Tanahashi is born November 8th, 1987. So, in this match, he's 22. Yeah, he's 22 years old. And Tanahashi's now 46, so that would put him at 33, I guess, at this point. 33 years old and 11 years into his career Looks well. like that at 46. That's ridiculous. Hang on, does that mean Kota Ibushi's only, like, five years younger? Yeah. There are some genetic freaks in New Japan. I do think with Ibushi, hair is doing a lot of the work. I mean, when it's hair like that, mm. yeah. Yeah. You let it do the work. We, I mean, both men aren't yet at their hair haircut peaks. Although Tanahashi is doing some interesting stuff, but you know he's working with what he's got at the moment because Toriano is trying to ruin everything, <laughs> like take his Samson-esque power. I will say this: I don't like that Tanahashi theme. Yes, it is odd because the whole feud basically after this is about who is the ace of the promotion, and this is two years before that feud starts, and he doesn't have Go Ace as his theme yet. It's very strange. I mean, I knew I knew I was going to get something different with Okada because it was young. I knew it was Young Lion Okada, and that was whatever it was. But I, I imagine that they put a lot of effort into the Young Lion themes. We'll be getting more familiar themes with our next match, which was their follow-up 
Okada comes back at Wrestle Kingdom 7. And after Tanahashi has done his record-breaking 10th title defense, celebrating his one-year anniversary as IWGP Heavyweight Champion, seemingly defeated all that there was to be defeated. Who was there left to challenge? It was a genuine curiosity, like, there didn't seem to be anyone left. And then who pops up? Uh, Mr. Bleach Blonde, 23-year-old Kazuchika Okada, with his bad teeth and his bad dyed eyebrows, <laughs> doing an awkward speech, challenging for a title match. And uh, Tanahashi saying, well... There's no way you're deserving of a title match, but yeah, I can take you to the, I can teach you a lesson like I did two years earlier. So you're on, and boy, did we all get a bit of a surprise. So that's going to be our next match, episode two that you'll get tomorrow from whenever it is that this episode's come up, and that one taking place on the uh, 28th of February, 2012. Ah. But until then, if people can get in touch with you, Simon, how can they do so? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter. I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the number of people I thought Toriano was before I gave up. <laughs> My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U L L. A for the A at the end of Okada. N for the N at the start of New Japan. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, putting at gmail.com at the end of it. That's my email address. Get in touch with the show at lntyspod at gmail.com. LNTYspod is also our Twitter and Facebook handles. But there's nothing left to say at this point, except that my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something, and I hope you come back as we continue to rerun the rivalry.